Welcome back to Talking Guitar, brought to you by the North American Guitar in Nashville. Lindsay here, and today we're airing my summer chat with the wonderful David Mathis, owner and head of Gallagher Guitars in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. J.W. Gallagher launched his boutique guitar business back in the 1960s, and with the endorsement of legends like Doc Watson and deep ties to the original music scene, David couldn't help but step in to carry on the storied Gallagher name when J.W.'s son was ready to step down. Now with the whole team, David is expanding Gallagher's offerings and reach, with exciting new models and partnerships. Please enjoy as David fills us in on the history of Gallagher and shares what's coming next. David, thank you so much for having us here in this beautiful space and the workshop and showing us around a little bit. It's so exciting for us to finally see what goes on behind the scenes here at Gallagher. And I'm really happy that you're here because we've interacted at the store before. We really love your store. Um, the, the way you understand guitars, especially like in your descriptions of guitars. Like I remember when we took the GA60 up there and that was the first guitar I brought to the lineup mm-hmm. uh, after taking over. And I didn't really talk to you much about my thoughts of the design, what I wanted visually and tonally, but you guys captured it. Oh, I mean, it's just a perfect (laughs) description, understanding of what we were trying to achieve with that guitar. So I really appreciate the professionalism in that regard, really knowing your stuff. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, we, I mean, that's like probably, it's hard to say what my favorite part of this job is, but getting (laughs) to spend so much time with all these guitars and just getting to sit and like do all the research and read everybody's websites and then be like, all right, what does this wood sound like? You know, trying to figure that out. It's kind of, it's sometimes it can be tough, but I feel like it's, it's, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. So. Plus we always enjoy hearing our guitars played by people who are really good players (laughs) and you are. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, so where to even start? I mean, there's so much that we, we can talk about today. So I guess for our listeners who maybe haven't um, heard as much about Gallagher okay. before, can you go into the backstory of just, yeah, basically the entire history of the Yeah, the story? well, I could, <laughs> I could go pull the book down because there's the book that we have oh, okay. that's been written about the history mm-hmm. of Gallagher. It was written uh, for the 50-year anniversary mm-hmm. that occurred, what year was that? 2015. Okay. Uh, Gallagher started in 1965. And there's a backstory to it because J.W. Gallagher was doing his thing down in Wartrace, building uh, high-end furniture, Queen Anne-style furniture. Um, He started his shop in 1939 and went into the military. Um, There's some interesting stories about his experience in the military because here's this guy coming from really rural America and uh, they start testing as they did back then so they can determine best placement for everyone. And he did so well on one of the tests, they thought he had cheated. <laughs> and so they brought him back in to take it again, and they put someone in the room with him to observe it. <laughs> and that time, he did even better. I think he got a perfect score. Wow. And they were like, how did you do that? And he said, well, I had a little time to think about the ones I missed. <laughs> <laughs> so he was really a sharp mm-hmm. man. So he was, he'd, he'd come back to Wartrace, uh, had his furniture shop, was building furniture. A neighboring town of Shelbyville, uh, there was a factory there, the Slingerland Drum Factory was there, and they started, uh, they wanted to build uh, retail guitars. And they recruited him and another man to come set up production line. Well, that's great. He knows how to w- work with wood, but he didn't know anything about guitars. Mm-hmm. And I, I had a conversation with a, a man uh, where J.W. offered to buy his Stella guitar 
because he was going to take it to the bandsaw and cut it open because that's how he learned. He reverse engineered. Mm -hmm. And uh, the promise was, if you'll you know, sell me your Stella, I'll give you one of our first Gallagher's. <laughs> and uh, he was like, I didn't want to sell my $25 Stella. <laughs> <laughs> um, but JW taught himself. And we had a presentation recently from a man who walked through the various stages of development that JW went through with Don, his son, who ran the company for 40 years himself, Don did, mm -hmm. um, such as learning to put a radius, like the 1966 guitar that I have over here. It truly is a flat top. There's no really? radius to it. Wow. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so they learned to do that in consultation with CF Martin, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and then what they learned about bracing, um, so some of the developments over the years. Um, so I, I could go on and on about the history. <laughs> the other thing I'll add about it, they were learning to build guitars, but what really changed was when they developed a relationship with Doc Watson. And it was really by chance that that, that occurred. Doc really loved the, uh, the G50, and that became a very famous guitar. But it was really in collaboration, you see further input Mm -hmm. from the artists in learning how to refine their guitars and build guitars. Yeah, it seems like Gallagher has a really strong relationship with players in that regard. We do. Mm -hmm. um, so I've learned my first guitar chords on a Gallagher. My youth director really? had a Gallagher. It's oh. 1967 G50. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I grew up fairly close to Wartrace, so I, I had always known about Gallagher. Um, so when I purchased the company, because they closed down in 2000. May of 2019, mm -hmm. and I purchased it later that year to revive it. I had some understanding, but not nearly enough appreciation for how meaningful guitars are and how meaningful these guitars are to people, mm -hmm. uh, to people, because there really is a sense with a small builder of having this connection, and it feels kind of like family. Yeah. Yeah, people have... I mean, especially when people are building custom guitars, they just they often have such intense back and forth for a long period of right. time. So it's like working with an artist on some sort of commissioned piece. Yeah. But but on top of all that, like Gallagher's been around so long that right. I mean, several generations at this point have gotten to yes. play Gallagher's. So that's really special. So I'll add a story in that regard. Yeah. J.P. Cormier is one of our uh, artists. He's in Canada. Uh, he had a Doc Watson model. His, his first guitar that he purchased was a G70. He'd always wanted one. Mm -hmm. And when he saw we had uh, reopened, he was one of the first to say, I want a Gallagher, you know. Um, later got a, a Doc Watson model. He was uh, doing a U.S. tour not too long ago and came through here and asked me about if he could trade in his Doc Watson, since he already had a Dreadnought for a small body. Mm -hmm. And so we did. And so we had his Doc Watson model back. I took it down to Merlefest with me. And Karen Watson, which is Doc Watson's granddaughter, Merle Watson's daughter, mm -hmm. was there and uh, had Merle's old guitar that she brought to us to do some repair on. But we had that Doc Watson there. And uh, she came back the next day, said she'd been thinking about it and wanted to purchase that for her son-in-law, which is really full circle mm -hmm. for that guitar to end up back in the Watson family. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> so there's a lot of legacy mm -hmm. uh, with this company. Yeah, absolutely.
Um, so one question I've always kind of wondered about, and it's, I suppose it's kind of obvious when you play Gallagher guitars and you sort of see, um, just take them in and sort of see what they compare to, but um, was, was JW sort of aiming to replicate some of those Martin designs or was it just sort of incidental? Because the, the nomenclature is kind of different. And so is it just sort well, of like- that's a, that's a good observation. The nomenclature is different. But it's like our GA, we mm -hmm. think of Martin terms as the OEM. Yeah. So there's, so is the goal more to just sort of have that full spectrum of body shapes available to players? He really did um, uh, just work off of the Martin designs more than anything else. Right. Like a lot of companies have done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even though like our GC is like a triple O, mm -hmm. you know, the language is a little different. Yeah. Um, but very similar yeah. designs. Mm -hmm. So it seems like in the last few years, or, yeah, I guess few years, few years at this point, um, you've done some new things like adding the classical guitars and adding the, the Gallo casters, which we'll, we'll talk about more in a bit. But yeah. um, <laughs> was th those are like more of a recent development. Those weren't, those didn't originate with JW, that originated, or Don, Actually, but... the classical did originate with JW. Oh, it did. Merle Watson was commissioned the first one. Okay. And so when we built one that's now at your store, um, we got some inspiration from from his design, even okay. though we added some of our own touch to it mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. So do you guys plan to sort of expand more beyond what was originally being done um, by JW and Don? Or, yeah, we've yeah. already done that in a yeah. couple of ways. We built the first parlor. Mm -hmm. Okay. That was built. So that was something we added to the line. And then also the jumbo, which I don't have a jumbo out here, but um, we received some encouragement mm -hmm. to branch out. Uh, and so we added the jumbo line. Mm -hmm. We do a mahogany, a rosewood, and a bird's eye maple mm -hmm. uh, or maple uh, jumbo. And uh, one of those jumbos, the bird's eye maple, it's a pretty showy guitar. Uh, I designed the inlay pattern for it, the split diamond for it, mm -hmm. uh, for the head cap. Uh, and we we definitely dress it up as a showy guitar. And it, it's touring now with the Oak Crow Medicine Show. Okay, nice. So they're kind of flashy. <laughs> <laughs> so it fits in. Yeah. So just in terms of like staying within or staying true to that original vision while still kind of doing some new things here and there. Yeah, I don't feel hemmed in by it at all. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to preserve this legacy that we have. Mm -hmm. We're expanding in some other ways, like with the top testing that we're doing, mm -hmm. you know, that's a refinement to the process. Mm -hmm. Don uh, Gallagher was up here visiting recently and talked to him about that. Uh, they would have used the same technology mm -hmm. if they'd had it. The other thing that we're doing, uh, like with the what we call the Tennessee guitars, mm -hmm. it's all Tennessee wood. Yeah, and that's a new guitar to the lineup. Even though you know we're using the traditional dreadnought body size, mm -hmm. the GA body size, the GC, uh, we're going to do a sloped shoulder in it as well. Mm -hmm. But what's different about it is it's all Tennessee wood. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about those because those are really exciting and um, sort of in in the vein of many of these luthiers we work with doing guitars that are using local woods. We're seeing that right. more and more. And so it's exciting to have a Tennessee version of that. And um, so for those guitars, are you, are you using the same tone woods for all the different models or do you vary? We're using the same tone wood. Okay. Now, you know, Walnut, uh, Tennessee Walnut, uh, we, we found some recently uh, that we're going to use. It's going to make some beautiful guitars. Mm -hmm. So we could use, that's a native wood as yeah. well. But this particular design of what we call the Tennessee guitar, 
It uses uh, Appalachian spruce, mm -hmm. which is Anirondack spruce that grows in the upper elevations of East Tennessee. Mm -hmm. We use uh, Osage orange for back and sides, mm -hmm. which again, you know, how best to describe that wood, uh, very dense hardwood, um, a blend kind of maple and rosewood, you mm -hmm. know, I'm trying to, how, how's the best way to describe it. But the other woods that are interesting about it is that we use persimmon for the fretboard and uh, bridge and headstock. And persimmon, normally when you see persimmon, it's this light color, kind of creamy wood. Mm -hmm. uh, it's referred to as American ebony. It's very similar to African ebony. Um, but we, we have a source for that persimmon wood where it's been wounded. Mm -hmm. um, spalted some so it provides some coloration that we think is really unique as yeah. well yeah and then we top it off with american holly for the binding mm -hmm. uh, which is a nice rather than putting a piece of plastic on it or ivorwood mm -hmm. uh, we use that natural wood binding yeah so beautiful um yeah describing the tonal characteristics of, of this wood we we debated that for a little while right. but i think uh, i think we came down to maple being sort of the best comparison because right. because it is sort of more similar to maple than than other tone woods in terms right. of the density and then also we noticed the difference between the dreadnought sound and the incredibly the small different body yeah sound. yeah so each one's going to have something unique about it too mm -hmm. yeah which is really exciting um, going back to the nylon string a little bit, since we do still have one of those in the store, um, just want to get some more information on that. So is that the first one that you've built more recently, the one that we have right now? So a gentleman brought some cherry wood to us that came from a relative's farm that he had cut up and dried, and then he wanted a guitar built from it. And that was our first nylon string okay. guitar we built for him. Mm -hmm. uh, so. Um, from that experience, we then wanted to create something more unique with our own influence on it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's how that we built that classical okay. that you have. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to do more of those? Um, we will. Um, yeah. You know, when you do something new like that, we think of that as a bit of a hybrid course, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, because we use our grand concert body mm -hmm. and our neck. We didn't do a full two inch. Uh, with at the yeah, nut, yeah. Um, hopefully a little more playable, but mm -hmm. someone who's strictly classical, they'd be more interested in the traditional neck. Yeah. Uh, so we're still uh, playing with that one some. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful guitar, but it is, it does kind of sit in that crossover vein right. where it's, it's not like super, you know, modern necessarily, but it's, right. yeah, you're right, it's not really a true classical classical. So right. for folks who like things a little bit more traditional, but aren't strictly classical players, it's great. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see what kind of response yeah. uh, we get from that. Yeah, I think I'll definitely do some featuring on that in the Connoisseur because it's a beautiful guitar, but oh, it's, but we're not, you know, people don't really come to us for nylon strings as much, so we've <laughs> yeah, got to shine a little bit more spotlight right. on it. <laughs> um, well, speaking of um, sort of the more not the bread and butter of, Gall of Gallagher. Um, let's talk a bit more about the Gallicasters and okay. what you guys are doing with those. <laughs> <laughs> that is a new addition. Uh, Stephen Gallagher, that's the grandson of uh, JW. Mm -hmm. He took over the company in 2015 and, and ran um, the company for a, a little while. Mm -hmm. And he's the one that did the first Gallicaster. Mm -hmm. um, they had built seven of them. I took one of the actually the number one of those is owned by joey fletcher who lives here in murfreesboro mm -hmm. and i took that to last year's merle fest and we got a, a lot of 
interest in it. And so, um, you know, we, we did a lot of planning and thinking about it and came up with two models that we were going to start building because this is Nashville. You need more T-style bodies in Nashville, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so we, we're doing a standard mm -hmm. and then we're doing a deluxe. And the deluxe, we not only bind the body, we also bind the neck just mm -hmm. to give it a little more refined look to it. And then we use our bellflower uh, inlay on the deluxe and then the, the maple, uh, flame maple top on it. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, they look beautiful and we're yeah definitely excited to see more of those. Um, maybe we'll get some in the shop. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that sounds really cool. Um, speaking of, of the shop, um, I know we've talked a little bit about getting some more Gallagher's in the in the in the store. Do you guys have anything that would be ready for us to take anytime soon? Well, we have the uh, the GC uh, seventy there that could be available for yeah. sure. Yeah, awesome. Uh, this one, um, we did something a little different on that one. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a gloss finish except for the head cap. Now, we typically, on, on all of our guitars, unless someone wants it different, we always use a satin mm -hmm. on the neck. We just believe it helps right. with playability. Yeah. Um, we had someone recently who said, my hands are really dry. I want a gloss neck. <laughs> so, okay, you know, <laughs> we can do that. Yeah. So on that particular one, even though it's gloss finish, we put a satin head cap on it, and I love it myself. Yeah. Um, it's not too flashy. Mm -hmm. There's a subtleness to the satin finish. Mm -hmm. um, kind of a matte finish. Yeah. Uh, but that's our 12th fret guitar uh, small body mm -hmm. uh, that we built. Yeah. Yeah. I, in general, I feel like Gallagher has such a, there, there is that very obvious refinement that comes with being a smaller shop uh, built guitar, but there's like an organicness to your guys' aesthetic, which I think is really, really pleasing. Yes, thank mm -hmm. you uh, for noticing that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like the GA I mentioned, mm -hmm. that's what we wanted with that in particular. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really, really beautiful. I just, I mean, everything tonally and, and aesthetically. So for folks who, who don't want a lot of flash, but still want something that's very pretty, right. it's nice. Right. <laughs> um, so going back to the workshop a little bit more, one thing that we were talking about earlier was the way it, it, Gallagher is a small shop, but there is it has more than one person. It's it's you guys have mm -hmm. a team, and so you're able to replicate things with some consistency, and there is some efficiency right. involved in involved in your process. But there is still that attention to detail that you don't get from a, a factory made guitar. Absolutely, I still marvel at it myself. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I walk in and to see. Uh, the way the eyes are focused on some small detail and trying to make sure it's just right. Yeah. Could not, like those guys are all super focused. Like, <laughs> they you were, noticed that they, when you went through. We, we were distracting them, but they, they were, nope, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know, as I think when we walked through, you know, we, we spoke to different ones, but mm -hmm. uh, head down, yeah. you know, really paying attention to yeah. what they were doing. Yeah. Um, and so you're showing us some of the machines that the JW himself had designed and right. some of which are, are still in use, which is right. really cool. Um, and so some of those are, again, it's sort of like standardizing the process, but without necessarily losing any, any individual right. attention. Right. Because we make some use of CNC mm -hmm. work, like our inlay work. You can just be so precise mm -hmm. with inlay work when you're doing it on a CNC machine. But it doesn't mean that we're just leaving it to the machine. There's right. a lot of detail work in, in just drawing it up, managing it, and mm -hmm. then uh, filling the uh, the pockets and 
all of that. Um, but the machine can do something in some cases uh, more consistently. Mm -hmm. But that's not the same as just cutting everything out on a machine and putting together like it's just parts and pieces. Right. You know, we're, we're involved hands-on from beginning to end. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, that is the literal best of both worlds because you want, you want that human eye for what needs to be right. done, but that precision, that machine precision. So right. best combination. Right. Yeah. Can anybody do anything, any part of the process? Like, or are folks more specialized in any way? So the interesting thing about that, we all have strengths and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Most of the guys have had formal training mm -hmm. uh, before coming here. Uh, one of the young men that you met back there, he joined us recently for a very specific task, but we've trained him in other areas mm -hmm. as well. Um, but the strengths and weaknesses come where you see people really shine in an area. Mm -hmm. And so they lean more toward doing that most of the time. Right. So they could do anything, but they do have their things. Yes. And, and so there will be some movement. Mm -hmm. um, but without mentioning names of who's who, you know, they have strengths in certain areas. Mm -hmm. It's just best to use those strengths. Definitely. That makes sense. Yeah. So um, just tying things back to the to Gallagher's relationship with artists, um, you guys have this beautiful venue space where you, you host concerts and events. Has that been something that's been... Was that before you, or did you kind of bring that into the mix? Well, we had become established here in the shop, and you went through. In this building on the front, you have no idea how deep it is mm -hmm. and how much space there is. This was a coffee shop. Okay. So when we rented that space, this was already occupied. Okay. Not long after being here, they said, hey, we're going to relocate to a different location. Are you interested in renting this? So I approached the owner. And uh, that was right before the pandemic hit. Oh, oh man. <laughs> and so we still have yet for it to reach its real potential. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had some wonderful shows. Uh, the other uh, last Saturday, Fats Kaplan Gang was in here playing mm -hmm. concert. He played the Tennessee guitar for one of the, the songs that they were doing. Sounded fabulous mm -hmm. up there. It does provide some opportunity to showcase some guitars. Yeah. The other thing, though, it's just great to enjoy live music. Yeah. It's <laughs> and we love being able to support and contribute to that. Yeah, that's really wonderful. I mean, I would love to be able to do that myself and just to get to have this beautiful space to, yeah. to, yeah, to have that role in the community is, is right. really fabulous. Yeah. Well, amazing. Thank you so much for, for chatting with me today. I'm, I'm sure everybody's going to be really excited to hear more about Gallagher and get more of the full story. So this has been such a great opportunity for us, and I hope that it'll come out good for you guys too, and you'll enjoy hearing yeah. the finished product. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And I appreciate you taking the time to come down and see the shop. It makes a difference yeah, I when think you so. see the team and what mm -hmm. we're doing down here. So thank you for that too. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talking Guitar. As of release, we have the new Gallagher nylon string as well as two pre-owned dreadnoughts available and on the sales floor down at Carter Vintage. You're now hearing Daniel Levitzo play that cedar nylon string, and at the beginning you heard Carl Miner demonstrate a previously sold Maple Auditorium. To see photos and more, check out the links in the show notes. And to learn more about Gallagher and all of our wonderful builders, come visit us at thenorthamericanguitar.com. Until next time.